Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 25 of the PD Sports Podcast. A little bit of a milestone episode for us all here today. I am joined by Damo. How you going, mate? Not bad, mate. Not bad. You know, we're a quarter of a way to 100. Even the dogs are happy about that as they go ballistic, but there we are. Everyone's up and about. That's That's the main thing. And it's been an interesting sort of week or so, like, sport-wise, I feel like the footy's been, like, the main sort of talking point, it feels like, with football. There was obviously the one big thing that we'll have a quick chat about today, but I feel like the football world has been relatively quiet for a whole week, which has been interesting. Yes. What do you I reckon? reckon it's, it, international break can get like this, especially during the, uh, during the first one, because everyone just wants to get back to the yeah. season getting on. Um, there was a few things. And the transfer window closes. Yeah, there's a few things that happened since we last been on the pod that are like huge, right? Um, but for yeah. me, there's obviously one thing that happened in the international break that we'll touch on that I think is massive and it has implications this week in the Prem. And I think that's why making Premier League a Premier League preview pod is going to be very interesting because there's a few players that are going to be missing out this week. Yeah, exactly, and that's going to have some big impacts and implications for teams as well so I think we're better off just jumping straight in I reckon I think so, so too obviously what we're alluding to is the situation that occurred in Brazil probably just under a week ago yep. now um, quarantine rules pretty simple we don't need to go too into detail about the nooks and crannies I'm sure everyone knows what's happened yep. but obviously players not declaring that they've been in England and then causing a whole ruckus of, of issues there so on the flip side, I think I saw that Fabinho and Allison have been cleared yep. um, th- to play for Liverpool this I week. I think so at the minute. I'm not 100% sure if that's going to hold up because there's a heap of pressure from the Brazilian FA on FIFA to ban them. And they're still doing whatever as mum walks through. I don't get why the Brazilian FA don't want them playing. That's what I don't uh, get. Because like, they were upset that Liverpool turned around and said, no, they're not going. Oh, and, yeah. Well, I think that it, it raises a very interesting point. Like, where do the clubs... Where does the club have a line where they can tell a player they can't go? The Brazilian FI is also asked for Bobby not to play, but Bobby is injured. He wasn't going to go. So, yeah. I don't get that. Um, obviously, in the lead-up, FIFA saying that these players have to be released because they're getting a five-day ban. In the end, it was taught that they won't give a five-day ban. It's going to be up to the clubs and the players. Um, and, you know, Alisson... For Binio, because obviously Liverpool is will focus on them. They turned around and said, look, I don't particularly want to go over because of COVID. Yeah, and I, I think wouldn't. that that is yeah. quite fair. You should be giving the players the choice. Um, obviously, a bit different for the Euros because the Euros was obviously a bit of a freer movement. But the Copa America was played under a lot of protest by players. The players only played because it's the Copa America, not because they wanted to. They, they, they thought yeah. it was better off that this should be time we do World Cup qualifiers. So it's a less of a headache during the club season. And the um, South American FA just turned around and said, no, we're having a Copa America and you will play World Cup qualifiers during the normal window. And this was always going to be the problem. And I think that that's where they had to be smart. I understand it's the Copa America. Don't get me wrong. I love the competition. I love watching it. It's great. But COVID, travel to South America is so difficult. It should have just been World Cup qualifiers because it allows everyone to get back into Europe, relax, Take your. Uh, but apparently, it was it. an additional copper anyway. Yeah. It wasn't one that fell within. I, I heard that. I don't know how true that was, but I heard that it wasn't even like the scheduled copper. It was meant to be. It was an additional one. Yeah. So it's like, it net like was it vital? Like that's the thing. And then obviously now it's put the pressure on the fixtures and 
they're not going to be able to maintain it because if they if especially if Brazil's got a red list to the UK, there's just so many of the elite Brazilian talents that are playing in you know, playing in connected the and being. And end of the day, to answer your first question, the clubs should have that. You know, that right that it's an investment like it's they pay the wages of that player that's that they are employed by that club they're not employed by the national team no. so I 100%, end of the day, I 100% maybe agree. it needs to be in contracts maybe it needs to be in contracts moving forward that you know whenever there's disputes regarding participation it comes to the club's discretion yeah. and then that'll that should then solve that. So the player can either accept or reject um, going on international duty and then the club also need to accept or reject it at the same I to- time maybe to- who knows maybe that's a solution I totally agree well I think that's totally the uh, the right way to think about it personally but um, yeah I think that Argentina not to blame here solely but they are you've got to understand it's Brazil, it's Brazil and Argentina this is what probably the biggest game for both teams come World Cup qualifying I don't blame them yeah. for hiding the fact that they whisk these players in quickly Went to the change room, think, straight to the stadium, I mean, locked them yeah. in the change room so that the authorities couldn't get to them, so they could get on the pitch and play. I feel like once that's yeah, happened, the authorities have to just go right. Let this game go. Deal with it after the ninety minutes, right? Yeah, nothing's going to change after the first five yeah. minutes if they've got, if they're going to give it to players and they're going to give it to get it. You know I, what I mean? Like I just I don't understand. These guys have it, come with so many precautions anyway. Like the Premier League has so much strict testing. Right, like, yeah, before yeah. you go on the training ground, you're getting a COVID swab. If there's any hint that you got COVID, you're isolating. You know, it's for me, I just think it was silly. I think it was, it could, it was more co- political than it is yeah, football. Yeah, it was and that's completely avoidable. It's now thrown everything into craziness. Like, you've got to remember that there is now obviously players that may miss out. Like, Rafinha for Leeds could be missing out because he was his first international call up. Yeah. It's just, yeah, for me, it's like really, really odd. So, well, there's a big contingent. And one of the games we're going to talk about, the Aston Villa-Chelsea one, that's going to be massive because you're talking about Martinez and Buendia yeah, and, who and aren't playing. Villa and makes Chelsea's day a lot easier. 100%. So I think long-term solution is clubs that should have that authority to to really put that pressure on the player and say, no, you're staying because of X, Y, and Z reason. And if it's rational, then the player just goes, yep, all right, whatever. I'm employed here. I'll stay here. It's easier. There will be a time where I'll play eventually. Like it's not, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. If you miss out now, like it might actually be a good thing for those South American countries to start using players from within their own systems as well. It's good to help them grow hundred percent. Yeah. Alrighty. So before we get stuck into some nooks and crannies, I actually haven't looked at my fantasy team for a week because I made my trades as a bit of a rage um, last week. <laughs> from the last match week. So my team, I had made changes um, and I've held off um, actually talking about no, it. No wild card, Paul. There was no point. I didn't wild card. I have taken another um, a hit though. Yep. I've taken another four point hit. Oh no. Yeah. Four? Am I taking this? Yeah, made two yeah. changes. So what I've done is I... You had one free and then he took the four points um, for the second change. Yeah. yeah, so what did I do? So I'm just looking at my team now. So I got rid of Richarlison and I brought in um, Antonio. Yep. Any reason why and you got rid of Richarlison? Other, um, I was scared about this Brazilian thing, yep. them going. Um, and the form, and I just thought Calvert-Lewin's just getting on the end of more and I just hadn't seen it, what I wanted to see from... From our boy Richarlison, I just didn't been, feel comfortable carrying play, it looks both. Like. 
Yeah, but I didn't feel comfortable carrying both options from Everton because if they blanked, then I blanked kind of thing too. So I get that. That was the other factor. Um, although the fixtures are still good, um, I'm going to ride uh, Calvert-Lewin just obviously makes a lot knowing of that he's the penalty taker makes it a bit easier. Plus, that was a sideways move where I didn't lose any money. And then I got rid of uh, Ben Chilwell because obviously I told you that um, I wasn't comfortable with that left-back situation at Chelsea. Yep. So I brought in Creswell. So I thought those were two deals that I kind of had to make. Um, I've got Martinez as my goalkeeper, but he's on the bench. I'm lucky I've got um, Sanchez from uh, Brighton, yep. who I was already actually planning for match week four um, onwards. Well, not onwards, but for the foreseeable future to actually run him anyway. So it kind of worked out well for me. Yeah, it worked out very well for you, I think, in the end. I've actually got one of the boys you yeah. transferred up. Oh, who'd you bring so in? So I had um, already taken up very early Danny Inks um, in the transfer like window, obviously, because of everything going on. Um, just Danny Ings, is, I put him in for these specific fixtures. It was a plan move for me to Danny Ings. It was always going to be for Antonio as well. It's just unfortunate yeah. that... Antonio grew so much. He went yeah. Up. It, it was yeah. um I was always like, all right, Danny Ings is gonna start for me. And then after Danny Ings, I am going we'll see, we'll Yeah, I'm going to move to Antonio and that's gonna save me 0.5 mil anyway when I move to Antonio. Unfortunately Antonio moved to seven point nine million, so I only made a mil, but that's yeah, fine. That's crazy. Um obviously had an unreal year. But that was planned. And Danny Ings, as much as I uh didn't get the returns of Antonio, the fact that he got the amount of points he did playing poorly, I was very happy with it. It was enough. It was enough. It's yeah. kept me in the hunt. Um, I then had Callum Wilson pick up that hamstring injury. Up until this morning, he was 75% chance of playing. He's now been ruled out. The reason why I waited so long to get him out anyhow is because the fixtures are good at Newcastle. But as soon as I saw that Richarlison yeah. has been uh, cleared and he's the same price as Callum Wilson with the fixtures they have, I'm taking the punt there. Yeah, so you don't have Calvert-Lewin. So if I didn't have Calvert-Lewin, then I'll, I would never have got rid yeah, of Richardson. I would have wrote it. But for me to have both and only playing with two strikers, it was too risky to go, uh, yes, the fixtures are good, but one's going to hit, one's not going to hit. What They both might hit or they both might not hit. Yeah. And I thought, nah. Now Antonio's fixtures have opened up as well. I've got you know Southampton, Man United, Leeds, Brentford, Everton, Tottenham, yep. Villa. I feel comfortable riding him throughout now. So, although Everton's fixtures, I feel comfortable. Burnley, Villa, Norwich, Man United, West Ham, Watford, and Wolves and Tottenham. I just thought, all right, I'm just going to... And then I just didn't know what was going to happen with the international stuff. And I just needed to do the moves again for money reasons because I was worried Chilwell was going to drop again because yep. he hadn't played. So, I had to make my moves last week. Otherwise, I was going to miss out. So I just thought, nah, all right, just back Antonio, back Creswell, back West Ham. I've got Ben Rama, so I've got a West Ham player across every line as well in my classic team. So I've really backed West Ham's run of fixtures now. So we'll see how they I go. I think they're going to, I think it's smart. West Ham would just look good. For me, it's all about how they contain with Europe. And then, yeah. Yeah, so this is going to get me to my wild card, and then yeah, I'll reevaluate that. Because I'm, I'm wild, I'm yeah. wild carding in game week seven. So a lot of people obviously have gone yeah, to Ronaldo, and we'll talk about Ronaldo a bit more in depth in a little bit. Um, I yeah. just don't want to do it straight away because I'm not sure. A, will he start week one? I know he wants to, but how many times do you see a big marquee player start on the bench so he can come on in the 65th to get a standing ovation like and just have a run around, right? Yeah. And I feel like Ollie's going to do that, eh? So that's a week where he doesn't play nine. doesn't mean he doesn't score. Um, his fixtures are then like, okay, they're good, right? But for me, 
I'm happy with my boys, and I know I can wild card in game week seven, right when Chelsea fixtures become good, I can get Lukaku who's cheaper in. That's got yeah, to go same. against weaker opposition, which is known for scoring. So for me, that's less yeah. of a punt. Plus, look, Ronaldo at his age, I'm not going to tell you he's going to be horrid or whatever. I just don't know what he's going to bring, right? I, I hope he's good for United because yeah. it'd be great spectacle for the league. I don't hope he's good, obviously, because of being the Liverpool and the United thing. But I really do hope he comes in and he's another pressure fresh air because it'll be good to watch. Um, and he's the one of the world's yeah. best. I just, I don't want to pull that trigger. I'm in a position in my fantasy where I've started well, but not as well as others because everyone's had Benarama and Antonio. And I've gone Rafinha and um, Danny Ings, and I'm not one to chop and change too much on fantasy. I, I'm one to leave it, give it a lot of time because I've picked these players for a reason. Off you go, right? And give them an extended run. Yeah. Rafinha for me has had a very good expected goal, you know, goal creation to goal ratio, and just hasn't had the opportunity. You know, leads have been poor in front of goals. Yeah, leads yeah. have been good. Bamford yeah. has missed every belly opportunity Rafinha's given him. Um, yeah. And Benarama's time, especially with the new signings now, I think is coming up to not an end, but I think he's going to come out the ten and move maybe wider, especially with Blasi coming move in. Left, which is which is. He's still been playing well on the left yeah, anyway, because so I had four nows through the middle. I just don't know what they're going to do there, West Ham. So I don't want to bring Benarama in for a finish because I think that's too much of a sideways move, right? I wouldn't be bringing Benarama in now. If you didn't from have him start, from match yeah, week one, so you've, bringing, you've, missed you've missed the... You missed the boat. You missed the points. Yeah. And that's the same yeah. for me. So I'm happy to ride him that's now the same. because I've got no need to take yeah, him Yeah, so for me, I was like, that's the same for me with Rafinha. I'm happy to ride him. Leeds fixtures get really good after game week seven. I pick Rafinha in a way that he's going to pick me up and up points. After game week seven, like Chelsea's points are going to be really good. But I picked him to be in the team as a 6.5 million option up until the January transfer window when you get your second wild card. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. So for me, that's long term. And I think fantasy-wise, I mean, you've done pretty well. We're not done as well as a few others in the Discord. That's links down below. You can come and join our Classic League anytime. But obviously... But last week was bad. Um, I only got 48. See, last week I still got 60 and no one really went off for me. But yeah, who yeah. are you captaining this week, Paul? I'm really leaning on Antonio against Southampton. So bring him in and straight away. More for the fact that I don't know what's happening with Man United. So I don't feel comfortable captaining Fernandez or Greenwood. Yep. I don't know if Calvert-Lewin's actually going to play. So Not Salah? I've got him. Uh, no, against Leeds. It's one of those ones where Leeds I just... Goals. Leeds away. I know they ship goals. That's probably a good point. I'm umming and ahhing between Antonio and so Salah. I've captained Salah. I've got both, but I thought that was an easy pick for me. Does Leeds are going to ship goals. We're going to concede, but we're going to score. And if that game finishes 5-4, no one bats an eyelid because that's kind of what's going to happen. Yeah. And that, I don't know. I just feel so much of what West Ham do runs through Antonio. I don't think, a, I don't think Antonio's Salah a bad too. option to captain at all. I feel like it's out of those Trying two. to go a bit of... I'm trying to go a bit of point of difference to try and make up for some of my poor decisions last week as well. So, or last week, the week before. So, I'm trying to chase points um, at this point. I'm also chasing a double bright and clean sheet with Duffy and Sanchez. Oh, so, this could either this could either work really, really well. well Welcome to fantasy football when face. you go behind in one game. It's like, where can I pick up the I points? Know. I love it. Yeah, exactly. So I don't see a, a real standout. I'm going to throw everything at this decision this week. So I'm just going to see how we go and, and monitor it that way. So, I'll, you know, we'll go from there. I think it's going to be a good good week of fixtures, which we will delve into yep. now. And I want to sort of mention and start where you were sort of talking, which is about Man United, because I don't see how Oli can go and throw everything away that he's already worked towards this season. Because I think... 
other than that real number nine role, unless they want to put Greenwood there, they haven't. That's the one spot that hasn't been settled. So I'm really looking forward to seeing when that team sheet comes out to what see it's like. is it. Yeah. Yeah, is it Greenwood out wide? Is it Greenwood through the middle? Is it Ronaldo starting? Is it Martial still in the team? Because I think he he's started looking okay. I don't rate him don't at rate all, him but all. you know he does a job. So I'm really excited for this game. Newcastle provide a real interesting uh, challenge because I think they're going to just go and sit in like they did last year when they beat them one 0 yep. So I think Especially this game is going to be Wilson very very well. interesting to watch. Uh, if they had Callum, they could they had yeah, that outlet. Him at yeah, so without him now that he's injured, I think that's like yeah. And yeah, goals are going to be hard to come by. I yeah. think. So, what are your thoughts? Um, what do you reckon Ollie does here? Do you reckon uh, he keeps ca- the front four it the same? Depends if he caves in the pressure or not. Uh, I think Greenwood is a must start considering the form, uh, and I yeah. believe he is going to start. I don't think yeah, I've left him my fantasy for that reason. Can't see a world where just, he's not. I just yeah. don't know if he's going to play Ronaldo or not straight off the bat. I just. Uh, it, it it wouldn't surprise me either way. I believe I'm going to lean the way that he will, but um, yeah, yeah. And where does he start? Does he start through the middle, or does he start out the, on the left? Yeah, I think he would put him on the left and puts Greenwood up top if he's going to start him. But it wouldn't surprise me Greenwood starts, and unless well, they could probably move Greenwood out wide. I don't mind if Sancho starts, and then Sancho has a poor one. You drag Sancho, put Greenwood out will. wide, and then you move Ronaldo into the game. Um, for me. It depends how aggressive he wants to go because we've talked about that they should just go four two four really aggressive and be interesting to see if they move that way, but um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It depends. I what see Ollie a world where it's like Ronaldo up front. Uh, like this is what I think they should do. I think it should be Ronaldo up front, Bruno on the ten, Greenwood on the right, Pogba on the left, Fred McTominay. Yeah, I believe in that too. Because that just gives them the best of everything. Like. It allows Pogba to still be advanced. Like, I see a world where it's going to be McTominay and Pogba or Fred and Pogba yep. with Martial on the left and then Bruno, Greenwood and Ronaldo. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's, that's a likely. I think like that's the most likely. Yeah. yeah, or Greenwood to the left and Sancho on the right. Like There's, there's options. That's the good thing about Mason Greenwood is it gives you flexibility. He can play either side. Yep. So there's no worries with what they're going to do. But look, I don't see a world where me and United don't win this game. Especially about Callum <laughs> Wilson. Man, me and United are yeah. going to probably score a couple. Yeah, it just depends. Does Ronaldo score in his debut? Oh, he'll find a way to I score. I think he will. Honestly. He takes penalties over Bruno. Especially if he's... Right? Oh, God. Well, I think he will too. I'm a bit worried now about Bruno long-term in fantasy. Just yeah, I'm hoping... Because that was my justification. I'm holding for now. Just me, I'm holding happens, Bruno for now, but... but if I can get Bruno out and free up space... I'll be downgrading him to then upgrade Calvert-Lewin to, Richa- uh, to Richarlison, to Lukaku. Yeah, that's the that, way that's, I'll be doing that's it. Fair, that's going to be my wild card move, I think, depending on what happens with Bruno, of course. Yeah, so I think pretty simple. Uh, Manchester United win here. Don't yeah, see I don't much see uh, else scoring, happening in this game. Yeah, and I'd probably say three. Yeah. Uh, Southampton, West Ham. This is one that I'm really looking I forward to. I think it's a big game, um, this one, yeah? Especially with West Ham's form. Obviously, with all my West Ham players in my fantasy team. So, 11.30 tonight, that game is for us. So, hopefully, that's... Oh, it's definitely not going to be on goal rush. Yeah, it is. Me and United's on at the same yeah, time. Yeah, be on goal rush. No, me and United's Yeah, me and United will be the yeah. main game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd almost rather watch the West Ham one, but I'm going to have to watch me and United, I think. But I just think... The Southampton, I think if um, Adam Armstrong can t- 
turn up and do what he they, needs they to do score. He's, he, to I, provide I've, a threat. The, the thing is, is I've got actually Antonio and Armstrong starting. Oh, so you want goals? I want goals. And I don't. <laughs> and I've got Creswell. So as long as Creswell's giving uh, Antonio the goals, then there can be goals in this game. But um, I think West Ham away from home probably do this one pretty comfortably. Yep. I don't really know. I don't really know where Southampton sit at the moment. That's the thing for me. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just got to wait and see a little bit more because they look a bit different this season under uh, Harsen Hoodle. Yeah, they do. So I, I think they're just taking some time to settle in. They looked okay against Man United. I'm not going to say they look good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They just don't, doesn't ex- they don't excite me the way they did last year. Let's put it that I way. Just, I just, I feel like they're missing that bit of quality. They, meet, they lack quality, but if they find Armstrong at any space, the guy is just so good at finding the back of the net that they will pinch goals, I believe. Yeah. So, and, and but West you Ham, can't rely on your whole season yeah, to be I'll, nitpicking like yeah, that, though. I know. They, they relied heavily on Danny Ings last season as well. They still played okay. But um, I think this is more about how do West Ham look after the international break? How do West Ham start thinking about European football? Um, obviously, that's coming up for them as yeah. well, which is massive for the club. So for me, I think it's more the case of, do West Ham start thinking about rotating here? Do they, don't they? I don't think they will, personally. Way game, difficult. But um, I think that they uh, are going to be very, very, very interesting to watch, West Ham, I think, for the next few weeks. I'm not going to expect yeah, as good as the showing as it has been. But... Yeah, I mean, teams will start to figure yeah. it out too. So they'll start to try to take things away or, you know, they'll start trying to, to really nullify what they do well, which is why I think if Banrama's out in the wing, it actually might help him because, like, Fournauz has picked up that slack in the middle now that he's back fit too. So, I mean, that's where if West Ham stay fit, when you're talking about a front four of Banrama, Fournauz, Bowen and Antonio, it doesn't really matter where they start. Yeah. Because they interchange and, you know, there's there's threats across the whole front four, someone's going to do something. Like, that's just my mentality with West Ham is someone's going to do something to create opportunities. So I might not get the right person every time because they're not heavily reliant on one of those three behind Antonio, but one of them will have to provide. So that's how I'm sort of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. And it'd be pretty unlikely that teams can stop all three of them at the I same time. I think that, that I mean, is true. You know, it provides problem. It's just for me... If they rotate, I feel like they'll get found out a little bit more because I feel like their first eleven is pretty solid. It's just their rotation. Yeah, they don't have the depth. Yeah, but um. Yeah, and that, that's what you, you see. That not, not not many of those teams from six to ten have that quality depth. You know what I mean? Like it's just that's what happens. It's just you're relying on kids or experienced guys or loans at that point, aren't you? There's no competition for spots. Like the, the first 11s are always nailed. Yeah, on. exactly. I agree. So what are you going to go with the result? I think West Ham win this one. I just think it'd be like 2-1, 3-1. I think Armstrong scores for Southampton because West Ham's defence can sometimes be a touch leaky. But um, I still think like Antonio will run rings. And uh, I feel like Antonio's yeah. going to give most defences a bit of uh, trouble throughout the season. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm leaning 3-1 as well. Just I see West Ham just getting away, um, to be perfectly honest. The first just one, doing what they need run. to do. They run away with it. Yeah, exactly, 100%. So I, I see a world where Antonio probably scores one or two. There could be a penalty, you know, like just, you know, so I think I'll just do well. Southampton are normally decent on the break as well, so it wouldn't surprise me if they do string a nice counterattack through Che Adams yeah. or Adam Armstrong just to try and create something. So I feel like that's how they have to I think it. that's where, yeah. So, yeah, we've got three games left that we're going to talk about. 
Where should we go I first? I think we have to talk Arsenal. I do. Because I, I just think this game is huge for the context of this season. For them. Yeah. I don't think much needs to be said, which is good. Yeah, it's just um, Because simple. it is the definition of a six-pointer. Because both teams have not taken a point this season. There's been one goal between the two clubs in three match weeks. So, obviously, pressure's on. Big pressure's on Arsenal here. Norwich have nothing to lose because they're not expected to win. Yep. And it's whether Arsenal, who are now practically fully fit, can they get the job done? And look, if they don't win this game, then there's some serious questions to be asked. I feel like they don't win this game, they'll sack Arteta, and that's like really early on to do that. Um, I've heard they're giving him until the North London derby, which is in two games' yeah, time after they've this They've already one. held preliminary talks with Conte. Now, holding talks and having meaningful talks are two different yeah, things. I don't, I, I don't see a world. I don't see a world where he joins I don't either, because he it's just. Work like that. Yeah, exactly, and I don't think that the owners would actually like it either. Employ someone who's as vocal as he is because that's what um, you know Emery was like, and he saw as soon as the wheels sort of started to fall off, they cut him straight away. So. I, I don't see that. It just doesn't look like it. yeah. There are, the links are only there because he's available. I think so too. Like I, there's no, there's no substance to that at all. I don't think so. I'm if he does sign, I'll be surprised. Then good on him. But I would be very surprised. I'd see him holding out for a more stable, you know, club. Yeah. Maybe not as big as Arsenal, but in a better position. I think so so too. don't yeah, don't get too excited, Arsenal fans, when you hear there's talks because talks very there was talks with Tottenham yeah and him you know what I mean so don't yeah don't take that as gospel that he's joining because how many times do you see rumours of people talking and, and whatever and it just doesn't yeah, materialise exactly. and it's and it's just to force a move somewhere else it's the agent coming out saying he's speaking to Arsenal so another club can go crap he's going to go let's go talk yeah, to him yeah exactly I, I agree do you think you think Arsenal should win this game right Paul no, I'm actually thinking a draw, to be honest. I just don't go... I, I can't back Arsenal to win. I don't actually feel comfortable backing them to win I don't, a game. I don't feel moment. comfortable backing Arsenal to win a game either. Like, I could see a world where Cantwell, Solis and Pookie, like, and Rashika can create against that Arsenal yeah, defence. Yeah, well, we've, we, we've spoken about it defensive, that it's not great. Well, if it's going to be Tommy Asu, Gabriel, Ben White and... Well, not even Tierney. I think he's injured. Tavares, and they've never played together. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is one of those ones where it's like, yeah. Is there a world where Norwich something win? could go? I mean, there there is, but it's extremely unlikely. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't feel comfortable with Norwich winning because I've only seen them score a penalty as well. So it's like you, you don't know where good. the goal's coming from. But the the difference is. They are creating chances. Not, they're just not scoring yeah. Norwich. Where Arsenal are not creating anything. They're just looking lacklustre. So, I don't know. I'm going to be... Again, this is in that same time slot, isn't it? I think this is... Oh, my God. There's so many games in the 30 slot tonight. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be great viewing tonight. So, yeah, Palace is first, first game up. My head... There's nothing. So, like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, I probably won't even watch that one, to be honest. Because you've got City and Leicester away at Leicester as well, which we're going to talk about in a sec, too. Oh, crap. I didn't even see that. I didn't even add that in. Um, but for me, I think the sensible option here is a draw. I feel I feel like New and New was a very, 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 very good option here. Like if uh, I was to predict a New and New right now... I can't see Norwich keeping a clean sheet. I just don't see Arsenal scoring. I can't see Arsenal. Well, depends who they play, 
you know, if it's Lacazette, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Pepe, I mean, that's what I'd be. That's what I'd be starting with. Yeah, I hear you. Like Aubameyang hasn't done anything to prove that he deserves to actually start a game. I, I agree with that. <laughs> but for me, that's where I'm leaning. That's. I think that's the way they need to play. If they don't play that way, then go have fun because yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just not, not going to happen. happen. So, yeah, yeah. For me, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I'm with you, Holy. I, I just look. I'm going to predict a new new, and I will be not. You know, I would be very surprised. surprised if this is a blowout game. I feel like this one's going to be tight and tense. The reason why I think it matters so much. Imagine if Arsenal do not win this game of football. Imagine what would be going oh, it's on be huge. in that. Absolutely massive if they don't win. If they don't win this game of football. Yeah. I've been saying it all year that they're going to finish about 12 or lower, right? That's yeah. becoming a distinct possibility if they do not win this game against Norwich because then they're going to look, Norwich at home, you did not win. Wow, what's going on here? Yeah, and I don't know. It's just, I can't, I don't know. It's one of those ones where it's just surely, you know what yeah, I mean? Like surely. It's just, there's a point. There's a point where you got to start being a big club. You hope Arsenal, is that is this the point? You hope take it, but I just yeah. Because then Burnley Spurs isn't easy either. Well, Burnley so. is another six pointer if they, especially if they don't win. And uh, then Spurs, yeah. I think, are hot favourites for that game considering what they've done so far. Oh, I mean, they're yeah. top, so <laughs> of course they're of course they're going to be favourites. So look, oh, this is one where I'll be uh, goal rush on watching. Oh, yeah, with... I'll be... <laughs> yeah. And I will be... There's so many games going on at that time that are going to be interesting. Like, it's just... Every, every single game, bar for me, Watford Wolves, yep. has a lot of meaning. Yeah, I want to so pick up, me, like, four scores. I'm very excited. And, like, have goal wash and run, but have, like, the rest actually showing the full game. <laughs> All going, so you don't miss two anything. Two monitors running, my phone running. Yeah, just Maybe everything going on at the same time. in here and watch, watch another one on that. Yeah. So is there anything from the Leicester City game that you want to really touch on? I just on? think that that's a dangerous game for City, this. obviously, because Leicester know what they're doing against them. I just feel like Leicester yeah. need to just show the form that we know from Leicester, because I feel like they've been patchy. Um, yeah. After the international break, everyone fear, be interested to see what Brendan does. I'm almost feeling that Brendan may even go two up top against City and put Inier, Inier and Vardy together, like, which would not surprise me. Or Dakar. Or Dakar, which we haven't seen too much of, I don't think. Just, yeah, yeah Leicester have been... It's a weird time for Leicester because they've got the new signings in and I feel like Brendan's still just figuring out what's his best way to play. Bloods them in slowly though. But That's how he always yeah, does it though. He doesn't, he doesn't just throw them in. Straight away. And I feel like once it all clicks there, Leicester are going to be up there again to finish top four. If they do or don't, that's going to yeah. be another question. But um, I just, yeah, I feel like if this game was in about four match days time, this would be a really big one. Yeah. Right? I feel like just yeah, right now, City more settled. are going to catch Leicester. Just oh, City look good. So for me, City should win yeah. this one. But it would not surprise me in the least yeah, if this same. is a draw or a score draw or Leicester somehow snatch it because Leicester are a good footballing side anyhow. Yeah, exactly. So I think, again, it's kind of crummy that it's on this time slot because it probably deserves... It's own kickoff. You know, a standalone yeah. game. Like, who's later tonight? I think they've actually put more of the games on. So the, the late game tonight is um, Chelsea-Villa, but I feel like there's one extra game because there's no early game tomorrow. Yeah, it's all 11.30, isn't it? It's all 11.30 and then... Um, no, there is an early game. And then where, it's where, Palace and Spurs at 9 o'clock. No, no, tonight there is. I'm talking about tomorrow there's no, no early tomorrow game. No, tomorrow there's no early so game. So the Sunday... Yeah, tomorrow on Sunday it's which, no early game. Which is weird because we're the only game. We're a standalone at 1am our time. So 
I just don't quite Yeah, I, I, I understand don't understand why, why they've done that because they've actually then got Everton-Burnley at Tuesday, which is normal, but it's like they've uh, crammed in an extra game on the... Uh, that might be because of... Well, they have on the Saturday. Yeah, because that might be because of Europe. Let's have a look. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, West Ham are in Europe. Uh, Arsenal aren't in Europe, yeah. sorry. Uh, Leicester in Europe, City in Europe, United in Europe, Spurs, Spurs. in Europe. Yeah. yeah, and then we yeah, are... We are in Europe playing a day later, which is yeah. fine. Chelsea are in Europe playing yeah, late. Aston Villa in Europe playing late. I just think, just because they're the fixture to be drawn and the fact there's so many teams that are in Europe there, then yeah. Are playing each yeah, other. So Villa's in Got Europe. to get Chelsea's them done early. Liverpool's in Europe. West Ham's in Europe. That's four. City and Leicester playing each other. That's six teams in Europe. That's all seven teams. Eight teams in Europe in the Premier League are yeah. playing on Saturday. Well, so we so just pushed our game. Seven. Oh, our game's yeah. against prime time, so... That's Seven why, of the eight but, are playing on Saturday, and then weather's staying. But why can't Brentford Brighton be the ten o'clock, ten thirty kickoff our time? Yeah. You know what I mean, like give them a Sunday morning. Both teams are close to each other. It's not like a travel issue. Brighton's about an hour or so away from London. It's not painful. Or Arsenal Norwich. I'm surprised that's not the standalone Sunday. I would love it. The ten thirty. Imagine that in its own oh, yeah, 100%. time I, slot. I love you. That would have been cool. I would have loved that. But it is what it is, and we will move on from Leicester. I think City win as well, just for argument's yeah. sake. And I think we've got two games that I really want to talk about. We sort of mentioned about Villa already. I don't see a world where Chelsea don't win this. I just think so much has happened. Villa with Europe this week as well coming. I think there's just six, you know, six or five, six different distractions that are all happening at the same I time agree. at Villa. And I think it's just going to pile up to a Chelsea team that look in the groove already. Yeah, I feel like that's the way. Especially if Bundier and Martinez do not play, then this should be a very easy win for Chelsea. But, you know, we'll wait and we'll see what they're going to do. And then, yeah, like, yeah. for me... It'll be interesting to see... Well, it does say um, on Fantasy, expected back on the 18th of September for Martinez. So they're not playing. Yeah, they're out where Fabinho, so, Fabinho and Alisson on Because they were in Brazil, that's why. Have got... It's their Brazilian exemptions. Yeah. Oh, they didn't go though. That's why. So they would they stay. They're, they're, theirs isn't quarantine. Theirs is disputes from the yeah. FA. That's different. So the fact that they went to Brazil means they got to quarantine for two weeks. So they've done a week already. So they'll be back. You know, middle of next week. Yeah. To play for the at the weekend. So. I, I just don't see a world where they can cope without those yeah, two. I, do. I know Buendia hasn't. Lit, lit it up yet but you know he's he's, good enough it's more the fact that he's capable he's a good yeah. enough player I've proven that in my fantasy uh, my fantasy my football manager saved Villa so yeah exactly so I just don't see a world where they can overcome that if they do then good on them and if Danny Ings can score a hat trick then be, that's be, probably the way that I'll they're going to need and you might have a cry I just took him out in a yeah. bang I would probably have yeah. a bit of rage that's the only way I see them getting a result here uh, that, same for me like, that, that's it for me. Yeah. And then lastly, probably going to be the most entertaining game of the weekend, like it was opening match week uh, last year. Yeah. Leeds-Liverpool, this is going to just this, be end-to-end. End. goals. Like, this, this, I don't see a world where either side keeps a clean sheet. Um, yeah. Don't get me wrong, I think Liverpool can keep a clean sheet. I just don't think they will, because it's just going to be... Unlikely It's for just us. going to be so much end-to-end action that I'm like, yeah... Uh, let's just go for broke. I feel like we outscore um, Leeds every day as well. So I would yeah. like us to go for broke. I mean, they're not scoring heaps at the moment. 
be fair. So, but um, I feel like this game, this game fun. could finish anyway from like four one to like five four, and just yeah, like this could be anything. Yeah, and not be surprised. Yeah, this could be yeah, and not be this, surprised by it no, either. This this could have nine goals. This could have three goals. I'll be more if this game is a one nil either way. I would be shocked. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that too. Um, so yeah, I would be uh, um. If you if you can be up at the one in the morning, unfortunately I've got a big day at work Monday, so this might be the first one I miss this season. Which younger Damo never missed a game. Older Damo, being an adult now, has to miss games, which is annoying. We got other yeah, things. Yeah, this, this would yeah. be a game that I would have nailed on as a, a must watch if you can. Because this will be one I think we'll be watching Monday afternoon. Yeah, um, I'll be watching this on my lunch break at work, on my, and then once I'm home from work, and yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate because, again, it is going to be an interesting game and it's going to be fun well, to watch. Well, to show something it is what it well is. because they haven't been overly great. I still think they try... Look, it's been typical Bielsa. They're still looking dangerous going forward and they're creating. It's just not the end product. It's just not there yet. You can see signs, yeah. right? For me, what's the worry with Bielsa is he has never really shipped this many goals with leads and now he's shipping a lot, right? And I yeah. just think teams have figured out this heavy pressing, high tempo press that he does where he presses the ball no matter where it is and teams are just playing through it now and figuring it out where if you look at Liverpool in contrast they press in a very similar way but Klopp will put in triggers we press when the ball reaches this area of the field and then we go where I think Bielsa is just pure madness and that's what Klopp used to do back in the day right when he first joined was to get the philosophy across was just press everything and Liverpool ship goals back then. I feel like Leeds are in the same way. And I feel like Bielsa will now look to tweak it slightly and just say, oh, we're going to press when the ball goes to fullback and then we go ballistic. You know, if they're two centre-backs, they've got to let them have it, you know, sort of thing. And Liverpool do that. They, they yeah. do it in the six. When the ball goes in the middle, you see both centre-mids just converge and bang. And by that stage, you know, the pass is going backwards. So then that's where Salah, Mane, Bobby or whatever are going to press the centre-backs and off you go. And then they yeah. go long, right? And that's where you have Van Dijk and Matip or whatever at the back. And I feel like Bielsa just goes from minute one press. And they either cough the ball up with a bad pass or, um, sorry, cough the ball up with a bad pass. Oh, the opposition will cough the ball up with a bad pass. Or if you get up against a really good side, which United obviously are, and Pogba was in, uh, insane for picking the part. ball up. Yeah. We obviously are. Um, teams will play through you and you can see. Uh, yeah, I exactly. feel like for Leeds, so, though, if you're a Leeds fan, I wouldn't worry. You have too much quality to probably get dragged into a, regulation, a relegation fight. Yeah, no. Nah. But um, against the teams around them, that oh, it. The pre- that pressing is what keeps yeah. them you know, I, in those games because it's effort and I just don't expect them to finish like 8th to 10th this season like if they finish 11th for 12th or 13th they'll probably just go okay oh, you take that you all day just go, yeah. yeah great because like, really the signings haven't been there they haven't strengthened at all yeah so they'll take it it's again. the same it's like the same team yeah. so that's the, that's the other factor like I think they got in like a couple of defensive focus. reinforcements they would be pretty solid yeah they're just going to focus on st- like being stable, yeah, they, like there's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Like just look at Chef, um, uh, Sheffield United. Like they had that year where they were nuts yeah. and they pushing Europe, and then yeah. they get found out and they just go straight yeah, down. For me, I want to liken it to Burnley, not because they play similar football, but I think a lot has to be credited to what they've done at Burnley. They've just built a stable base to stay in the oh, Premier League year, yeah. and that's great turnover for the club, etc. I would love them to go down because I don't think they play any sort of good football at all. They're just bugs. <laughs> Right, but they say, "Oh, for me, if I was a Leeds fan, I'll be happy with three, four years of finishing thirteenth because it gives you some stability, and then yeah. slowly over time you start to put pieces together and build you build it. it. So that's why I admire what Palace has done because they've done that now and they've now taken me in the bullet. We're getting Vieira in, we're going to change our style, we're going to try and now go right and build something. Yeah, and they're risking. Yeah, it. they're going to risk it a bit. I feel like for Leeds, give them a few years of just whatever it is that this is. 
you know, be, be also building something yeah. very slowly. And then we'll see a window where they'll have a villa window and I'll start signing the pieces and then you go, okay, here it comes. This is Leeds now starting yeah. to push. Um, and that's why I like them at the Burnley because I feel like, and this is where I get annoyed at Burnley, Burnley have done everything right in terms of being stable in the Prem. They just never bit in the bullet. Yeah. And that's because they always get drawn into the relegation fight where Leeds don't because their football's a bit better. Where if I feel like Burnley a couple of years ago, after a couple of good years, really should have gone, all right, Sean Dyche, good enough manager, let's just play some better football, get in a couple of players of that quality and off we go, right? And let's go change the way this football club's identity is. And there we are. Because at the end of the day, these teams get found out eventually. They just play fucking football. And I expect Burnley to go down eventually if they don't change. But for Leeds, if they can get that stability like Burnley but then progress it and do something like Villa and West Ham have done. Yeah. I honestly see him, not right now, but obviously in the future, being a top six club. Yeah, and they just have the supporter base and the support oh, that's just going to push them on through as well. That helps. Yeah, yeah massive. So, look, I think we're both pretty uh, comfortable back in oh, Liverpool so, win yeah. here and just hoping that the game's a good one. Yeah, and I think it will. I don't think this game's ever going to be dull. Klopp and Bielsa, just, they're madmen, <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. This is going to be a very, very, very interesting game for me. Yeah. So we'll we'll slide into some of the questions that have come through. So we'll start off with a couple from Dim. So he just wants our first general FIFA 22 predictions for the best players in the Premier League. So this is in rating prediction. That's what I'm going to yeah, take I it as. So, so I reckon from memory, Ronaldo at the start of this year. I'm just got foot bin up now. So Ronaldo started the year as a 92. Yeah, and I think he'd be. So where do we think Ronaldo is going to be? I think he'll be around there only because they need to sell packs. Yeah, I'm going to go 91. I think because his season last year wasn't fantastic. Still scored a lot of goals. I think they might yeah. knock him down. Yeah, I think they'll knock him down one to a 91. That's sort of where I'm leaning on that one. Salah. He was a... Let me get Footbin back up. Um, if you want to keep... Have you got the run sheet yeah, in front of you? I'll do yep. Salah and then you just keep telling me who they are. So Mo, Salah. Let me search him up now that I'm back. Where's my searchy thing? I think from memory he was 90 overall. Yeah, I think he'd be... Yeah, he was a I 90. I think he'd be roughly there again. I don't see him getting downgraded. Yeah, no, he's not getting a downgrade. But I reckon maybe... Yeah, I reckon he might hold, actually, to yeah, be honest. Yeah, I reckon he holds him. Um, Next one's Bruno. I don't think he did heaps. So, Bruno, he'll go up. up. He was yeah, an 87, Yeah, he got up to 89, I reckon. Bruno Fernandez was an 87. Was like 89. So, I'd, I'd say 89. That's a good yeah. shout, actually. And then, was it De Bruyne? Because nah, he's a Chelsea oh, fan. Oh, I've got De Bruyne here, anyway. He's a Chelsea fan. Yeah, what's De Bruyne's, anyway? De Bruyne, 91. I reckon De Bruyne goes down. I reckon he holds. They need a silver. I reckon he might go to a 90. Kante is an 88. I think that's pretty yeah. fair. I'd say 89, maybe. Yeah. Depends what they want to do. Maybe a plus one on Kante. Because you can't... Yeah. I don't, maybe a 90 at the max. I wouldn't have him for more than a 90. Nah. Um, and then, Dim's second question. So, with Chelsea selling some promising youngsters for big money and putting in clauses to bring them back... Yeah. Would it... Bring out Kevin Fels back as maturity players... Back up if they if they do well, would it would it used to bring our academy players a back question. as a mature? I don't. Quite I think get he's trying. I think Dim's trying to just get our thoughts on what they're doing, which is selling their youngsters on and then leaving that bring back clause and then yeah. clause in there. And, which I think he's liking that to Lukaku, but Lukaku was like long time down the track, and this is the only yeah, part that makes sense to bring it's him not. back. 
Um, and I wouldn't call yeah, so and I wouldn't call catastrophes like KDB and Salah leaving. Like obviously now it looks like a catastrophe, but at the time they were not great. You made decent coin by selling him. Money. Just Bruyne went to Wolfsburg yeah. and looked unreal, and Salah went to Serie A looked okay, and then Liverpool were like, well, this he suits us to a T. Get him in. We'll take a and risk. We'll take the risk, yeah. and he's worked out. I, I, I've said it many times before. I think he's the best modern day Premier League player of all time. So yeah, um, I think that. I wouldn't call them catastrophes because you've got to remember when you're in a football club situation, you're a coach or you're the, you know, recruitment team, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to make the decision based on what you see at the minute, right? Yeah, you might have people that go in, you know, your youth team or whatever, look, look at them and go, oh, they have a future. But are they really going to be able to predict with what KDB was doing at the time, what Salah was doing at the time, how good they've got to be right now? No. The only reason they became that good is they sold yeah. them to mediocrity clubs. They poured everything into and built teams around them and they looked a million dollars. And now because of that confidence that they get at playing at a bit of a lower club and off they go, bang. But for me, KDB was loaned out a couple of times and never looked amazing. And Salah was loaned out a couple of times and never looked amazing. So for me, if you're a recruitment team, whatever, you've got to be judged based on, well, they've loaned them out, they haven't seen too much, they've been given an opportunity, we've got to sell them now. And we can and make, can some, make money. some money off they go. I wouldn't call that catastrophes. I just think that's smart business at the time. It's now looked like it's backfired because the players are whatever. But we wouldn't be talking about this if KDB Balance. and Salah aren't who they are right now. And then you'd be like, yeah, great. So the big one for me is like Van Ginkle. Like Van Ginkle had all the promise. Yeah, apparently you know, he was meant to be better than KDB and Salah. On. Together, Van Ginkle. And now look at him. Yeah, he exactly. used to be and the bee's knees on the career mode, Paul, back in the day. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like this. For every single time, or for the rare time that a, a decision like that goes wrong, there's 15 decisions that they've been. You haven't heard of the player again. Proven right about, yeah. yeah so how to the door is going to be? I mean, you're putting category. an 80 million clause in Tammy Abraham's contract. Like, if you're buying him back for 80 million, then you, that's him being Lukaku level. Like, it's so unlikely. Like, it's, it's just, just nice to have the clause there. I understand why Chelsea do that a lot. And I believe that's why Liverpool do it a fair bit as well. But have we ever thought about bringing Jordan I back? No. Are we going to think exactly. about bringing Harry Wilson back? Unless Harry Wilson goes absolutely bonkers. No. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's smart for clubs to include it. But that's not them making a mistake and going, oh, yeah, well, now we're buying him back. That's a catastrophe. No. It's just called covering... It's the CYA method. Covering your... Covering your butt. Yeah. And uh, yeah. you're, you're just going, okay, if they turn into a well-being, great. Unfortunately for Chelsea with the Lukaku situation, they had the clause in there. He's then moved a couple of clubs afterwards, and now he's doing good. And you've got to pay, you know, what would they pay in the end? Uh, hundred something million. Lukaku, hundred yeah, million. Right. Yeah. And I think that's quite fair for Lukaku at the minute. That's a good price. Yeah. Well, with the with the goals he was yeah, scoring. And, you know. So for me, I was like, you know, I don't think that's a catastrophe, Nim. I, I don't know where you were going with the question, but I feel like we've covered what you wanted. Yeah. And our last one, which one. sort of hits the, the heartstrings a little bit. Um, just generally our thoughts. This is from JS. So what are our thoughts on the FM22 trailer? I'll let you Have you watched off. it? I the have. One, the one-minute version? Yeah. I, it, I, 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 I Twitter. think it's sick. Honestly, they didn't show too many features. The only feature they really showed yeah. is that, that, you know, on the new screen, it's just like the standard theme. It's now going to be the goal.com theme, which I think is great. I think that's just a nice, clean look. Yeah, so the interface would look nice, yeah, which at is least. great. Like I've gone back to using the like the standard skin. I, as well. I always use the standard um, skin. I know you yeah. do, but I did it more so because I was having issues and I wasn't able to load new ones in, so I just deleted everything and I found a way to clear all my data and keep the save files. So I'm now running the standard skin. I wanted to try and 
just peel everything back. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the trailer, it, all it is is hype. Like there's, it, there's nothing groundbreaking. So in the, your statement, you've got, you loved how you saw the little winning league one. I like how they Berlin focus on that because that's blah, what blah, the focus for football manager is all about, building something. Well, that's what football manager yeah. is. That, that's the essence of the game. Yeah, and it? I it's love take, that. It's not being Liverpool and winning the Champions League. That's not no, FM. No, that's not FM. It's all these bigger stories that, you know, you can create yourself. Yeah. Like, you can believe finishing seventh last year was crazy. It was unheard of. They'll favourite yeah. now. Right? And, you know, little winning yeah. league one, no one thought would have been even a distinct possibility last year with Poch coming into PSG, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, yeah. And this year it'd be very interesting to see if they go back to back, which I don't think they kind of do because PSG are PSG, right? But for me, yeah. that's what FM's all about. You know, you also saw, I think it was what, Sudden United getting promoted to the like League Two? Was it Sudden? Oh, okay. But, um, oh, no. but yeah, you had oh, the Vamarama. No. Whoever won the Vamarama National League last season was in the trailer. Right? Oh, okay. And that's yeah. what FM's about. And I love the fact that they focused on it. And yeah. I feel like... I mean, I was always going to be... We're always going to be hyped for oh, the yeah, game. Don't that's never going to change. This is the game that me and you predominantly play. Like, you, you, you definitely are a better FIFA player and you focus a lot more on FIFA than what I do. But for me, if it's not Football Manager and then if it's not Poker, what am I playing, really? Right? And I'm, I'm yeah. throwing COD into there now, right? And I'm excited for the new COD. Hopefully, hint to why I put so much money yeah. into the PC right now. For those that don't know, I've poured in a heap of parts of my PC and it's now God tier, right? But for me... If it's not Football Manager, what it is? What is it? So for me, I get hyped no matter what they show. They could have told me it's the same game F on twenty one, but they've just put in all the players, all the transfers, and every, all the data from yeah. last season updated, updated some and I'll be like, oh my attributes god, and potential. yeah, and I'll be like, here we yeah. go, great. For me, that's what FM's about. They don't need the biggest features because the people that play Football Manager, all they want is updated potential, updated current ability. Updated database with last year's statistics included, yeah. and you could sell the game and everyone would buy it. For us, the yeah, features are really good, and I love what they've done, you know, over the years and the change developments of youth players and got rid of what the mentoring used to be, which I actually really wish was back the way it was because it was broken. But, um, you know, and we've seen all the features down the track. I just don't know how FM can progress the game further than what they had. It'd be interesting to see where they go with it because they always try to do something. And that's what I love about Sports Interactive. Yeah. They always look to try and change something to give you a new feature every year. But Football Manager is one of those games where it's not like FIFA or whatever, it's gameplay or whatever. The 3D match engine is going to be the same, right? The, yeah. the essence of the game is going to be the same. Build your club from wherever which club you build into a world beater. And the game doesn't need to change much apart from that. So the FM trailer looks sick to me because, oh my God, they focused on what the game's about. Great. But in terms of actual change, there's nothing really to be said. Uh, and for me, as yeah. an FM, I mean, if like, they could find, if they could find a way to get the just that in-game interface just to look that little bit cleaner, a bit smoother, like that would be a huge tick. Absolutely huge amazing. Tick. I don't. I mean, I have no understanding of how any of that works. Like, I can't. I couldn't imagine the money it would cost. Oh, like, to so invest much to get that. that would have to write. I, and that's probably what the the fa- the factor is. It's not a huge. It's not a you know. A sports interactive isn't the. This is their main sale. Size of other companies. Yeah. Yeah. So from you know, I mean, and that's just small. Like it's not like I'm playing you know on two D at the moment just so it runs a bit smoother. And like it's not. It's not massive. Yeah, two D. Like I, I used to I'm, play in two D all the time. I only play three D yeah. now because I stream it's, and like the YouTube content. Or so I'd play in two D. And I, I'm a traditionalist. I love yeah. my 2D. Like, the fact that FM have included, like, over the past couple of years, that you can click on the advertising and take you to the website is, like, ridiculous. Yeah. So, 
Obviously, they could maybe change something if they wanted to because they co- they have the best coding guys in the world when it comes to computer games. So, like, oh, I, I don't know. What would you like to see changed, Paul? Anything on FM? Um, there's there's nothing too um too strenuous for me to be honest. Like, this has probably been the first year where I've played the game start to finish. So, like, I'm just excited just to see what comes um, with the next release and and see where we can go from there. Like, there's nothing that like when I'm playing that I go, oh, I wish that was in there, you know, like there was, nothing really jumps out at me. So I think I'm just enjoying it for what it is at the moment. Um, I don't know. What, what would be one thing that you think from your experience, because you've played a lot more well, than look, I have, that I you'd go, like yeah, that, that needs to be in. The basis of having a good game is the fact that you don't need to change much year to year. Where I feel like with FIFA struggles, they always have to change something with gameplay, something's always broken that they've got to fix. For odd FM, usually the biggest problem is they'll change something slightly and then all of a sudden one-on-ones will become ineffective, right? But balls over the top will work. Yeah, it'll break, it'll break it. it. And then the game will just, they'll put out a patch. Like three days later, it'll fix it, right? It's always prob- teething problems that they can fix easy. For me, what I would love to see change is not so much the game working, it's probably the coding around match ratings. Because you could beat a side 4-0 and your match, everyone's got a 7, and you're like, hang on a second, we all played Unreal, right? And, yeah. like, and they were fixing that throughout the year. Well, I would love to see match ratings of old where, yeah, fullbacks match ratings would be stupid because they could you could concede two by getting an assist, they get a 9, right? But I would love to go back to the ways where, oh, if you smack the side, everyone gets a 9, right? Because, like, what else are you going to give them? You know, your goalkeeper hasn't touched the ball this yeah. year, you've won 4-0, they get a 6.6. And you're like, you really has had nothing to do. You kept the clean sheet. It should be a minimum of a seven. And I started trying to fix that with the latest patch. If they could just go back to what the older match ratings were, especially when you're pumping sides or whatever, then yeah. Because like this year, centre mids, you could win a game, like 2-1. You've had 95% pass completion, but both centre mids get a 6.7. And they might miss maybe one pass yeah, each. Yeah, because they haven't scored. And it's because they haven't got a goal and assist. I feel like the older match rating used to rate defensive tackles and all that a bit better. So I feel like that's it, it, it's not them fixing or putting in new features, it's actually reverting to something that worked previously. And that just shows for me the how yeah. much FM was really good, where when it comes and I compare it to FIFA a lot because of the two main football games I play, FIFA always has something that you're just not happy with. Where with FM, I could be completely content with playing the same version of this year's game next year with just updated everything. Some of those differences is because you're talking about a, a game against the computer versus game yeah. online. So the the exploits happen because you're playing a person. Yeah, so, I, I know, I agree with that. It's, CPU, it's very hard to like compare the two. Compare. Yeah. But that's yeah, the way I like CPU, you don't play inverted wingbacks and Mazalas and you know what I mean? Like they, We know what the exploits are from a human perspective on yeah. FM and we can play like when does the CPU play strikerless like it just doesn't no. happen so it's just one of those ones we where barely in that perspective like, it's but, like, most of the tactics when you look at FM based on strikerless works best because apparently the centre backs get pulled out of position well, it's broken and, the yeah. engine and there's always yeah. there's always a way to no matter what game you play there's always a way to break it yeah there's, there's exploits. Always exploits but with FM you don't have to use it whereas in FIFA in order to be successful to because it. the game's so reliant on winning you have to exactly. use it and then people get frustrated because people do the same stuff all the time yeah. so that's I the difference I feel like that's a big difference but that is what it is anyway for episode 25 that is where we're going to leave it thank you Damien for your company this always morning always a pleasure big shout out to everybody in the discord that has obviously got the questions in really quick obviously this podcast is coming out a little later than normal but we will be hopefully back to the Monday night pods. 
Um, but yeah, links yeah, down below. Quick turnaround. Yeah, quick turnaround, isn't it? Um, links down below. The fact we've got yeah. an hour out of this pool basically was insane. I know, we've done, done well. very well. But yeah, look, um, Paul's <laughs> content is currently flying out. He's back on the FM grind, and obviously his FIFA grind is still around. I've obviously been playing a heap of FIFA. Uh, FIFA, sorry, Football Manager. Um, the odd COD is there as I'm gearing up for Vanguard because I've never been great at COD. And I said that when the boys all get it, because you're getting it too, Paul, and all the our mates are getting Vanguard, I just want to be competitive with these lads. So if you want to see someone really just be a noob, yeah, my, my stream is the place to go. And you do get the occasional poker content as well. We've had a pretty big score on the weekend, so it's always nice. Um, and But yeah, look, Paul, me, you can find us on the Discord. Links will be down below. Um, and yeah, look, Paulie, I'm so ever happy to do the pod and I'll let you end it off, mate. There we go. So for another week of the PD Sports Podcast, that is all we've got time for for today. Be prepared for a very quick turnaround. We will have our Monday recording back up and running this week. So we'll be going through the results of the games we've spoken about and whatever happens over the weekend. So from myself and Damo, have a great weekend and we'll see you on Monday. 